0: We're having a fun drive with Downtown Radio, so if you feel that there's value to having this show on the radio, please consider making a donation. You can make a donation through our PayPal account via the website downtownradio.org. Today we have with us in the studio Jen. Jen is a marketing manager originally from Pennsylvania, but she lives in Tucson. We'll be right back with Jen, but first let's talk about holiday depression. So I am actually in good spirits this Holiday season, as opposed to last year, where I felt very down and struggled a lot actually. So, I just thought I would look up tips for coping for anybody who is struggling this season. I looked on the Mayo Clinic and they said, when stress is at its peak, it's hard to stop and regroup to prevent stress and depression in the first place, especially if the holidays have taken an emotional toll on you in the past. So, for me in the past, I have struggled with depression during the holidays. It's very, very common. I think even people who don't have clinical depression or kind of cyclical depression like I have also get depressed in the holidays because there's just all of this, these expectations wrapped up in the event. The suggestions that they have are acknowledge your feelings. If someone close to you has recently died or you can't be with loved ones, realize that it's normal to feel sad and grief. It's okay to take time to cry or express your feelings. You can't force yourself to be happy just because it's the holiday season. Reach out. If you feel lonely or isolated, seek out community, religious, or social events. They can offer support and companionship. Volunteering your time can also help others in a good way to lift your spirits and broaden your friendships. 3. Be realistic. The holidays don't have to be perfect or just like last year. As family changes grow and traditions and rituals often change as well. Choose a few to hold on to and be open to creating new ones. For example, if your adult children can't come to your house, find new ways to celebrate together, such as sharing pictures, emails, or videos. Four. Set aside differences. Try to accept family members and friends as they are, even if they don't live up to all your expectations. Set aside grievances until a more appropriate time for discussion. Be understanding if others get upset or distressed when something goes awry. Chances are they're feeling the effects of the holiday stress and depression too. Five, stick to a budget. Ooh, that's a good one. Before you go gift and food shopping, decide how much money you can afford to spend, then stick to your budget. Don't try to buy happiness with an avalanche of gifts. Try these alternatives. Donate to a charity in somebody's name. Give homemade gifts. Start a family gift exchange. Six, plan ahead. Set aside specific days for shopping, baking, visiting friends, and other activities. Plan your menus, then make your shopping list. That'll help prevent last minute scrambling to buy forgotten ingredients. And make sure to line up help for party prep and cleanup. Seven, learn to say no. Ooh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Saying yes when you should say no can leave you feeling resentful and overwhelmed. Friends and colleagues will understand if you can't participate in every project or activity. It's not possible to say no when your boss asks you to work overtime. Try to remove something else from your agenda to make up for the lost time. Eight, don't abandon healthy habits. Don't let the holidays become a free-for-all. Overindulgence only adds to your stress and guilt. And Here's some suggestions. Have a healthy snack before holiday parties so you don't go overboard on sweets, cheese, and drinks. Get plenty of sleep. Incorporate regular physical activity in each day. And 9 Take a breather. Make some time for yourself. Spend just 15 minutes alone without distractions. This may refresh you enough to handle everything you need to do. Find something that reduces stress by clearing your mind, slowing your breathing, and restoring inner calm. Some options may include take a walk at night and stargaze, listen to soothing music, get a massage, read a book. And finally, 10, seek professional help if you need it. Despite your best efforts, you may find yourself feeling persistently sad or anxious, plagued by physical complaints, unable to sleep, irritable and hopeless, and unable to face routine chores. If these feelings last a while, talk to your doctor or a mental health professional. So I think those are all really good suggestions. But I do know when you're struggling with depression, even the simplest amount of planning becomes really hard to do and sticking to a budget and saying no and being healthy and keeping to those habits. It's it's kind of a long explanation of all these different things you could be doing. With that, I feel like there are some extra expectations that you will do all these things and it'll work and you'll get through the holidays. So on top of all that, don't stress yourself out by like doing everything perfectly and following some list and forcing yourself to make those things work for you because sometimes nothing works. But if one or two of them helps you, that can be great. We're having a fun drive at Downtown Radio, so if you enjoy listening to this show and would like to see it continue on the radio, consider making a contribution. You can make a donation through our website at downtownradio.org. Today we have with us in the studio Jen. She's a marketing manager originally from Pennsylvania who lives in Tucson. Hello Jen, welcome to the depression session. Thank you for having me. So what's new with you? How are, are your holidays going?
1: <laughs> well, the holidays for me are major trigger points and so I wanted to share two stories with the with the audience today and hopefully through my sharing maybe some people can relate and understand where it's coming from.
0: Yeah. I have a persistent memory of the Christmas that my mom took me aside and said, I don't think I can be with your stepdad anymore. And my stepdad took me aside and said, I don't think this is working. I don't know if I can be with your mom anymore. And I'm like, Merry Christmas to (laughs) one and all. (laughs) So it's never, never been my favorite holiday. Well, there's,
1: there's it's a recent trigger for me the first story I want to share with everybody. Last year at this time, I shared with my significant other's family that I was pregnant and I was so thrilled and scared to share with everybody because it was not planned that we've been together for quite some time. So, I was actually very excited but scared. So, we had two bottles of champagne one was blue and one was pink and where i was sitting in the living room where we go we visit his family a lot we announced yay we're expecting so next year we'll have have a little baby so the whole family was happy and excited and my partner's uh, older brother and sister-in-law started crying because they've been trying for some time and where my situation was completely unplanned and unexpected. It made me, it triggered me as like, the weird feelings of I'm not, I'm not worthy. Things like that just popped in my head and maybe there would be a situation where they're not gonna be friendly with me anymore. And, and so as time progressed um, in my pregnancy, there were a lot of complications for uncontrollable reasons, the the fetus was not to term. And so going through all of that was such a sad, emotional, grieving process and mixed emotions because of it. And I found out very shortly after my goodbye um, to my situation is that his older brother and sister were pregnant. And when it was told to me, I pretended to be happy. I really put on my mask and pretended. And this year, they can't be part of the, the festivities because she's so far along. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's all excited about the arrival and everything. And I don't know what it is. Do they, do they forget what I went through? And it just really bothers me that. Maybe they forgot, like, I don't want to be on the spot, like, but a little bit of the trigger factor is sitting in that living room, remembering that we were really excited. The other trigger that happened recently was a woman's circle that I went to, and she brought her newborn, and everybody was gushing and ooing. and of course, I want to be happy for other people. But it was such a traumatic experience for me. And some of the women in that group knew um, confidentially of what I went through. And yet they were ooing and eyeing right in front of me. And I'm like, how can people just not be considerate? How could they do this in front of me? And so I thought I would try to be the bigger person. Because the mother knew my situation. I talked to her privately. And so I... I went over to her and I started touching the baby's fingers and saying congratulations and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore and I said I gotta go. And so I went to the bathroom and I just started bawling my eyes out because it wasn't that I was depressed for myself, I was just, I was so frustrated that everybody was so happy for her and I was so sad for me. And I, I called a girlfriend when I was in the bathroom and she said, I can't believe you're staying. She's like, Do you want to leave? You should leave the circle. And I said, I don't maybe there's a reason why I have to be in this situation. You know, maybe this is I have to get through this moment. So we did the whole meditation and everything that I enjoy there, but tears were going down my face the whole time. And then it was time to go, and I just like slipped out. And I called my friend that I called from the bathroom crying. And she's like, I don't know how you did it. I don't know. I would have left in two seconds. And I'm like, I don't know why I put myself through it. Why did I force myself to be in that situation? Why did I say, okay, I'm going to prove to myself that I'm strong instead of saying, let me prove to myself that I care about myself and remove myself. So, for me, I kind of felt like really sad because I didn't know how to handle the situation. I didn't know what was best for me. I didn't know what, what I needed because I was so full of grief and sadness. So that was very difficult. So thank you for listening to this part. It's still an ongoing struggle to deal with that has many triggers in various fashions, not just the holidays, but the holiday is the major one. And then the second part of triggers for me this season are that on Facebook, which I know I shouldn't go on Facebook during this time of year, but again, I don't know what's best for me, but I do want to be included. But I see people getting engaged, getting married, having babies. and I have such like conflicted feelings about that. Why her? Why did she get engaged? Why did she get a marriage? You know, all these things that I, I don't know if I really want, because that's I don't know. I, I really don't know those answers for myself. But I, there has to be an aspect of it that I do want, because why would I feel so jealous? Because the jealousy triggers in me around this time that everybody's so happy and getting presents and everybody's so great on the outside, where inside I'm just so upset. And I'm like, why can't I have those things? Why can't I have somebody commit to me like completely, even though I have a commitment, but I don't have a societal commitment? And so all of those little triggers of looking, like, I want it, I like people's things and say congratulations on their engagement or their wedding or their baby announcement or they're pregnant again. And I'm just like, there has to be something in me that wants that, because why would I feel so jealous? And when I have that feeling in my mind, I'm like, why not me? And I get sad. And I'm like, why can't I have that? And those are things I can't control. I really can't control any of that. I could just try to focus on being me and that's it. But it's like all these external things that I can't control makes me so sad because I can't control it. So those are the two stories I wanted to share of how I'm feeling. And I don't know if people have had that situation before, but the holidays, it makes me feel kind of out of my body a little bit of just trying to push through and get through it. Even though I wave back and forth of being like, okay, Another time of year, but like it's hard. It's there's no easy way around it. It's just a lot of triggers that affect me.
0: Jen, thanks so much for sharing your story or stories. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're welcome.
0: And it seems like the holidays are already full of stress and anxiety and huge expectations. And to add on top of that, a loss that big, it, my heart just breaks actually. Oh, thanks. Yeah, because it's. it's not enough that it's all the other stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's a whopper it's a whopper yeah yeah and I think it's hard because people present their best selves even when they're having their hardest times and so it's, it's funny when you're close to people you hear you hear these kind of stories where it's like oh my god yeah I understand and I see how much you're you're, you're suffering or struggling and totally makes sense and my heart's there for you. But so often the rest of the world doesn't know when we're supposed to go on like it's the happiest time of the year. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and I think it's also interesting is that my job as a marketing manager, I have to be on a lot in my job and be happy and be positive and really be the leader of the organization. And so nobody at work knows. No, hardly even some family, distant cousins and things, they don't know what I've been through. And a lot of friends don't know what I've been through. And it's still so raw that it's not like I'm an advocate, like talking about it. <laughs> it's still so fresh. Yeah. So I hide it very well. Yeah. And of course, people don't know. But it, it really hurt when the women's circle, they knew. Yeah. Some of those women knew Um, in a very confident space like confidentiality space of what I went through and still it's just like can we be sensitive here like I just it's not like I need to be on their top of their mind but I was there so they should know of some level of sensitivity
0: yeah and but there's not a lot of space for grief we're supposed to just get past it Yeah, there's like a sort of timeline in people's heads of like, well, that was last year, you know, (laughs) or that was that was three months ago. Shouldn't you be okay now? I I don't know why our culture's like that, but there's not a lot of space to be sad. Mm Yeah, it's both a lack of sensitivity and a discomfort. Well, like I don't know,
1: I didn't know what to do, like to be openly crying or leaving or just going in the bathroom and crying and having my private space there. Like, that was where the confliction happened. Like, do I stop participating for the evening and then regretting that part of it to myself, honoring that I wanted to be there, or honoring myself that I needed to go? Like, yeah. that confliction of what to do sometimes was was really um, in my face in that situation. I didn't know what to do.
0: Yeah. And I, I've been doing the meetup groups now for, I think we're on our fourth one. And I find that the, one of the hardest things with depression is knowing who and how to share it. And then even when you share it, you don't get what you want or need a lot of times. You share yeah. it. And I've, you know, I had someone who said, um, I can't deal with you being sad like this. Oh, wow. And drop me as a friend. You know, and then there are people who are supportive, but then they go on with, you know, they're in their happy space and not thinking, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know how we get to a point where it's safe to just say, "I'm down today," It has nothing to do with you, but I need your empathy, mm-hmm. or this is triggering me, and for everybody to be cool with it. Or to even think, like, hey, is this triggering you?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I remember last year, you know, you're all right.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. And I kind of wanted that. I kind of want somebody to be, like, in the family or as a friend being like, you know, I, I want you to know that so-and-so is bringing her newborn and it might trigger you instead of sending me emails back and forth like, we would love for you to come to the circle. We really think it would be really important for you to come. We really miss you because I stopped going because seeing her pregnant really triggered me. And so I thought, okay, maybe I'm at a point where I would be all right if I show up. Mm-hmm. Knowing the fact
0: that she was bringing her newborn
1: just really upset me when they were pushing me to come and be part of it.
0: If only life had labels with trigger warnings. <laughs> <laughs> trigger warning, so-and-so's getting married. Yeah. Trigger warning, so-and-so's <laughs> having a baby. Yeah. Trigger warning, they're bringing their newborn, but it would have been really responsible for them, somebody in the group, to mention it mm-hmm. and say, by the way. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't know if it's American culture or if it's human nature, to be so short-sighted, self-centered, and thoughtless. Mm -hmm. And I know I do it too. I have these thoughtless moments where I'm just on my own agenda and don't don't Mm -hmm. see somebody else for how they're experiencing it.
1: And I don't know how to handle some of the triggers. Like if I see somebody getting engaged, my first thing is like, (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's not like, yay. It's not yay. <laughs> and I wish
1: it was yay. And I'm like, I'm happy for that person. But I don't know why I need that validation. I mean, I have a great partner. We have our ups and downs. But I really do have a good partner. Why do I need that external validation? It's really, I think the, I think a theme in my depression stream is validation.
0: Yeah, that's always a big one. That's always a big one—the self-worth part. I really relate to that too, like because I have a "What is it about me that I'm so unlovable?" You know, and I and from my friends, I feel very loved, but in partnerships, it's hard for me to feel loved the way I love. I guess Mm -hmm. we all love very differently, and it's in every relationship I've been in. When I'm really in deep, they're like, "Mm, "This isn't good for me." Or, you know, sort of like, bye, good luck. Mm -hmm. Or I love you, but, uh..." (laughs) you know, instead of just an open heart, sort of like as you are love. Mm -hmm. And so I think there, I don't, I mean, I was loved by my parents very openly. So I don't know why there's that part of me that like, is there something about me that's terribly unlovable? Yeah,
1: I mean, my family was very openly affectionate. My dad's very affectionate with my mom. I saw them kiss a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. It made me feel good. Um, I I don't know why I need that validation so much. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't need it because I think it's not that I'm not strong because I ha- I need it. It's just I want to feel accepted, and I really always have felt like an outsider in a lot of ways. So I crave it the most.
0: Yeah. You're allowed to want what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's you think it's something you shouldn't place a lot of value on, you're still allowed to want that. You're still allowed to want the validation. I don't think there's many people on the planet who don't need validation. It's just if you get the kind that you need. And I think I'm starting to think very few people get the kind of validation they actually need. And we strive a whole bunch because we don't. We struggle a whole bunch because we don't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like what we really, most most people really need is just somebody to say and to be able to really feel it. Wow, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've done such a great job. Wow, you're the one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but why do I need that validation?
1: I could do that with a partner that I'm not married to. You could. Yeah, that's where the confliction happens. And- yeah. Yeah. And everything that I that happened last year, like when I was pregnant, I was like, what does this feel like to not really be married? Well, I mean, married in the sense that we we live together, but we have day-to-day lives together, but legally we're not married. Or what's the child's last name going to be? Because legally. So like all of those really stupid questions, I think were consuming me. I felt they were stupid because yeah. I felt like if I was married, I wouldn't have to have these thoughts that run in my mind.
0: And I've always had this feeling that I don't want a piece of paper to keep somebody with me. I want them to be with me because they want to be with me. If they don't to be with me, I'd rather they go mm-hmm. than that they stay because they have a piece of paper.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I know a coworker, actually, we were talking more casually with each other, and she mentioned that when she got married, even though she's known her husband, her now husband for almost 15 years, when she was even young, they knew each other, that when they said their vows, there was a switch that both of them were like, we are family. Like both of them felt like afterwards that they knew each other for like 20, 22 years, but... It was just it saying those words out loud made them be like, "Wow, we are family." That before didn't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I
0: don't know. I, th- I do think signing your name to something has power. I think words have power. I think ceremony has power. Mm-hmm. So on that on that note, I really think marriage is beautiful and wonderful and important, but it also shouldn't be necessary. It shouldn't feel like an obligation, and it shouldn't feel like a validation.
1: Well, what do I do to feel the validation
0: without that? <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean, like you can feel like it's something you want to be validated <laughs> for, but it shouldn't socially. Oh, okay. Like culturally, there's a lot of pressure that you do or don't. I've, I'm not being pressured anymore now that I'm in my 40s. Nobody bothers me about whether or not I'm going to have babies or get married. But all through my 20s, I was. Meow, 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 meow. Mm-hmm. And I resisted. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad I did, but I think it's almost deviant to choose not to. Mm -hmm. And I think it did harm some of my relationships.
1: Yeah. Well, my parents, actually, I thought once I told them I was pregnant, and it's not like I'm young and I'm approaching 40, I thought they would be the ones to say marriage, marriage, marriage now. They did not care whatsoever. Aww. And I'm like, "What? <laughs> Why did I perceive it in my whole life? Why did I perceive that? Because they just want me to be happy. Yeah, they're like, if you're fine with it, we're go- we're happy for you. Yeah. And I was like, really? It was so strange. It was a really strange shift. Like, I'm happy I had my parents' support, but the societal support is and community support, like, I don't know, why, why did I feel like this external need for validation when I had my parents' validation already?
0: It was weird. I don't know, but we all have that. Yeah. I think it's just such a normal thing to want to be validated for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Especially if it feels right to you, or if it's something that's outside of your control. You don't want to be judged for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? No one wants to be judged. we we, we all need kindness and generosity and validation we just do it's just Mm -hmm. we're social we're social animals yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I think when so we're going to his family's for Christmas I definitely am taking steps to make sure I'm not sitting in the same spot that I did last year, Mm -hmm. making sure that if I need a timeout, I'm going to drive my car separately. So if I need to leave, I don't feel stuck and have to feel obligated to be there. So I'm trying to this, even though I think that the women's circle showed me that I need to have a little backup plan for myself and then think of, okay, I could always remove myself from the situation
0: if I have these triggers or take a timeout yeah. So. That's huge. It's just what I said at the beginning of the show. And I'm going to post those on the podcast on the depression session.com. So if anybody, you know, needs, needs that extra, like, let me look through this and make those plans because it is, it is essential to figure out how to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect way to end the show. And I hope you all take care of yourself this season. And thanks Jen so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at the Depression Session Podcast. Thank you. You're listening to KTDTLP Tucson Downtown Radio ninety-nine point one FM.